0: there is no struggle there is no progress those who profess to favor freedom and yet depreciate agitation are men who want crops without plowing up the ground they want rain without thunder and lightning they want the ocean without the awful roar of its many waters the struggle may be a moral one or it may be a physical one or it may be both moral and physical but it must be a struggle power concedes nothing without a demand it never did and it never will Frederick Douglass.
1: The North Star, Douglass's abolitionist newspaper, was named after the skyward guide which people who escaped slavery followed on their journey through the Underground Railroad. This paper and the potent symbol of freedom it represented was the inspiration for the name of a social justice foundation created in New York City in the 1970s. This is North Star Fund
2: we are a social justice fund that supports grassroots organizing led by communities of color building power in new york city and the hudson valley
0: we organize people across race and class to give in support of these movements
2: we envision a world in which resources and power are equitably shared and a future where everyone can live with
0: dignity and thrive just like people in other people who are sick are have been the ground. My, they're sick, they're sick, my sick, name is Randy the people, Dillard, and we are racist have
3: loved and evicted Christ! Mero Humer, 177.
2: My, so my name is Rutner Infanturay.
3: The 15 of them have died already from convert 19. Uh, I'm undocumented rights, regardless of their status.
2: And the, and the allies who represent us doing the work that need to done.
3: A Guide to Freedom, a North Star Fund podcast.
1: Episode One No Struggle, No Progress.
2: How are you both doing? How has it been going? That's Jennifer Ching. Hi, my name is Jen Ching, and I'm the executive director at North Star Fund.
3: This is also
1: Jennifer Ching at a benefit event for the North Star Fund.
2: <laughs> so tonight is my very first time giving a comedy routine, but do not worry. I am very, very used to telling awkward jokes into extremely uncomfortable silences.
3: (laughs) Before her breakout as a comedian, Jen practiced law for over 20 years, working on cases with a wide range of issues, from criminal justice to immigrants' rights to civil rights to housing. She became North Star Fund's executive director... In 2017.
2: Are you tired of talking to all of us?
3: <laughs> no. We, we are actually like, we wish these interviews were
1: longer. We just want to keep having more conversations. That's me, Maureen Sebastian.
3: Yeah, it's been really inspiring.
1: And that's me, Risa Sarakin. Together we created a podcast. Gulp Podcast. Where we try to humanize headlines by delving into the extraordinary struggles ordinary Americans face day in and day out.
3: Gulp Podcast led us to interviewing North Star Fund's
0: deputy director, Els Kuya Jones. Racial justice is um, not just my nine to five, it's my 24 7. Which led us
3: to a commission from North Star Fund to create a podcast for them. Which brings us back to this conversation with executive director Jennifer Ching.
2: Well, again, so appreciate you diving in with all of us um, through this project. So, I, you know, I. I think it's so exciting to think, just even from our earlier conversation, like the things we learn when someone from the outside is talking to us and then actually processing our work. Um, so I'm just very excited to see what comes of it. What came of
3: it is North Star Fund's annual report in the form of a limited series podcast exploring the organization's intricate, multi layered ecosystem. On it, you'll hear Maureen and me talking with people about how they found their way to the North Star Fund and what working through the pandemic and the protests in New York City has been like, not to mention the upcoming election.
1: After planning, researching, and conducting interviews with staff, donors, former grantees, and volunteers, what came of it is this recent phone call I had with Risa. Because, like, because I feel like our journey is that, like you know, do this annual report for North Star Fund, and we dive in, and then we just start learning about, like, basically how to be an active, like, participant in the social justice movement, and not just with money, but in all of the ways that North Star Fund asks
3: its community to be active. We thought we were outsiders visiting North Star Fund to report on all the incredible achievements this organization we so admire has had in the last year. But what came of it, for us, was a meaningful and necessary education about social justice and a transformation into true believers of what North Star Fund does. What came
1: of it was a guide to freedom. But let's go back. Before the call, before we knew what came of it, to our first attempts at understanding. Their website says, North Star Fund is a social justice fund that supports grassroots organizing led by communities of color building power in New York City and the Hudson Valley. Since we've already interviewed
3: her, I think I know who we start with. We are so excited to talk to you.
0: Yes, we love an Elle's interview. (laughs) We have been
3: known to love an Elle's interview.
0: My name is Els jones I am a deputy director at North Star Fund.
1: Okay, so North Star Fund is a social justice fund that supports grassroots organizing. Why grassroots organizing specifically?
0: The reason why it's so important to give and to support is because the only people who've ever made change in the history of this country are the people who have been most impacted by injustice, are the grassroots folks who um, have taken over the leadership and power dynamics that existed that have been oppressive. It will not be the oppressive um, leadership and the status quo that's going to suddenly wake up and see how badly they've been doing for the people and change their minds and suddenly become benevolent people, it's gonna require us to be loud and to not allow them to continue to do it. So so it, it is up to us. And in order for for our grantees to continue the work, they require the resources. And if you're gonna choose where to give, say if you can only give to one place, I would say support grassroots organizing because that is where the real change happens. Okay,
1: North Star Fund is a social justice fund that supports grassroots organizing led by communities of color. Why does the organization have to be led by communities of color?
0: So we fund community organizing, and what that means at North Star is we fund work that is led by the people who are most directly impacted by injustice. And when you allow those people to lead and when you give them the resources that they need, we will find that they have the solutions to the problems that they face more so and more deeply so and more effectively than folks who are not directly impacted by the issue. And so that's one thing. The others include like making sure that the organizing work is creating leaders within a team, within the community. So it's not about one charismatic leader who has an incredible Twitter following and can give eloquent speeches, but if the way in which they're doing their work and they're building their campaigns and mobilizing people is also building up leadership from their members, then we wanna support that. The other thing is around decolonizing fundraising. So we want to democratize the way that our movements are funded. And we want to change the dynamic of white people with wealth and power supporting our movements in such a way that we are dependent on these communities rather than working in partnership with them. So while we love and want white allyship, we also know that there is more power and greatness to be had if people of color are able to fund their own movements. Like, that is the path to true liberation for all of us, is if we are in it together.
1: Did she just drop the phrase, decolonizing fundraising? What does decolonizing fundraising even mean? And how are they able to do any of this work in the current moment during a global pandemic?
2: Many times in in conversations these days when people reference the urgency of the current moment...
3: Jennifer Ching, again.
2: First of all, I often have to take a step back and ask, which urgency exactly are you meaning? Because we're living in a time of deeply intersecting multiple urgencies. We have a, a democratic crisis um, of, of, you know, no known proportion in the United States history. We are at a climate climate justice crossroads. We have already lost, the numerous interventional points in which um, real and protective change could have happened. And so we are at a point now where we must, uh, you know, rapidly take action to mitigate the already existing and proliferating damages. We exist at a time where the racial wealth divide is at its greatest and is rapidly, rapidly multiplying. You know, 10 people in the world have half of the world's wealth. so there there is just a, a a a a you know for me the the question is now maybe the time of urgency um because we are also confronting a global pandemic where there have been mass disproportionate deaths experienced um by you know black indigenous and latinx communities in particular um so certainly we have exposed our system and our systemic failures for what they are. But I guess um, I guess when people say, well, what what's to be done? What's to pivot right now for North Star Fund in this time of urgency? I'm not sure that there is anything for us to pivot. I think more what we have felt as an organization and a community is that this is the time for us to sharpen and deepen our practice and our discipline. This is the time for us to really demystify grassroots organizing and all of the calls to action that our community of grantees and activists who are involved with the fund have been saying since the fund's founding 40 years ago. Um, And this is the time for us to more intensively connect people who are becoming activated or perhaps who have been activated for some time, but just not sure how to plug into supporting social justice movements for, you know, us to really widen our doors as much as possible and to say and to make clear that we all have a role in reshaping certainly New York's future, certainly our community's future. And what we do in New York has uh, not just a ripple effect, it has a titanic effect um, for the rest of the world.
1: There is a lot to grassroots organizing that I don't fully understand. I mean, I know I definitely get overwhelmed by all these calls to action. And honestly, I have no idea where to even begin this journey. And it's very embarrassing and incredibly shameful to admit that I'm really just getting on board. And as Jen said, these activists and organizers have been fighting this fight for so long. Honestly, I'm still stuck on decolonizing fundraising. Okay, okay, maybe we can find the answers within the interviews we've conducted.
2: My name is Kofo Anifalaje. I am the development director at North Star Fund. My name is Casey Foster. I am a member of the board, and I'm also a co-chair of the Community Funding Committee. My name is Jillian
1: White, and I am the donor organizer at North Star Fund.
0: My name is Gabriela
2: Quintanilla, and I am the Hudson Valley Program Coordinator here at North Star Fund.
3: My name is Adrian Wong. I am a writer and organizer and I got involved with North Star when I joined the Giving Project and
2: since then I've been involved as a donor.
1: My name is Catherine Eusebio. I'm the program officer for North Star Fund.
2: My name is Marjorie Fine and I started with North Star way back in the 80s, so I've had a lot of roles and I'm so happy to be back now as chair of the board. It's a pleasure and honor to work with Jennifer, all the staff and our board. Margie's been around for the long haul. I I want to give props to the people that started the organization and that it's rooted in community organizing and knowing who is the constituency we're organizing and how are the ways to bring them in, whether that is um, poor people throughout the five boroughs and the Hudson Valley or its donors who are looking for a place to live out the values they have uh, and to put their money to work for justice. And in a good way. So I think we've evolved and gotten stronger and stronger.
1: To really understand this organization's evolution with the same wisdom and the same depth that Margie has, I think we have to go back even further. To the part about decolonizing fundraising. To North Star Fund's origin story.
2: You know, North Star Fund was founded just over 40 years ago. Jennifer Ching, again. In the late 70s and early 80s. And for folks who are newer to the city or younger, they may not recall that um, that was the time of uh, the city's most serious um, municipal economic crisis. North Star Fund was founded in many ways in response to the municipal crisis of the 1970s, which was a historic, unprecedented disinvestment in communities of color um, and in the various array of support services and infrastructure that are essential to communities. And at that time, the fund's founders knew that one of the areas that was being completely ignored by philanthropy government alike was the grassroots sector that it was grassroots voices and grassroots leaders who were calling for myriads of different types of reforms that were required for a city coming out of like literally digging its way out of its worst economic and sort of socio-cultural crisis so fast forward to 2020 And um, some would argue that New York is already in and or now confronting um, its worst economic crisis, um, that in many ways, we were already kind of seeding such a crisis with disinvestment in our public transportation, with the incredible wage gap between the service economy and sort of the hedge fund economy within the city, that the growing sort of just living gap had already created all of the precursor sort of circumstances that that this sort of glass city would just shatter. And we saw, of course, in the COVID pandemic, you know, how can it be that in a city with this incredible array of resources that thousands and thousands of people would die of COVID and that the vast majority of our neighbors and residents who died were um, black or um, Latinx or Asian. So so we're in, unfortunately, almost as if in some ways replaying some types of history that even propelled and created North Star Fund in the first place. So why am I optimistic? Um, well, I'm optimistic because I don't think that history just operates in a loop <laughs> and a circle, you know, um, what is that saying? in then the Santana Santa saying, you know, I don't think that we're doomed to repeat everything all the time i I do believe that ruptures um can create incredible movements, can, as we were saying earlier, can redirect and build new attentions and commitments from a broader base of people. And I do feel right now a broader base of New Yorkers are seeing that um, you know, that we need to to change course. Jennifer's absolutely right as
3: the pandemic heightened, and the murder of George Floyd ignited protests in cities around the world. I found myself giving more than I ever have before.
1: According to Paul Sullivan, in his New York Times article, philanthropy rises in the pandemic and donors heed the call for help. Two reports show that Americans gave at a rate and a level that eclipsed donations during the 2008 recession and after the September 11th terrorist attacks. Which brings me to... Decolonizing
0: fundraising.
1: You got it, Risa.
0: We need white allies and white partners in this work.
1: Alzquia Jones.
0: Uh, Black liberation and social justice isn't a project for BIPOC folks to lead and um, manage all by ourselves. It's going to take everyone. And when you look at the philanthropic landscape and... um, the percentage of dollars that come from where and who. For sure, many, much of the dollars come from white philanthropy. North Star Fund's development team right now, we are 100% women of color, daughters of immigrants. If you look around like most uh, philanthropic organizations, the development team is white, um, led by a man, So we really need our white allies to open doors for us, to help us democratize philanthropy and get money in the door so that we can continue supporting the work that we do.
3: With funds so often allocated incorrectly or frivolously or not at all, how do we decolonize philanthropy?
1: Well, When we read, we begin with ABC. In this podcast, we begin with philanthropy. Philanthropy? Philanthropy, Risa. And girl, it is broke as f***. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more about North Star Fund and the incredible work they do, please go to www.northstarfund.org. We'd like to give a special thanks to Jennifer Ching, Kathleen Piqueno, and Angbin Salim for their guidance and support in creating this podcast. And to all of our interviewees Jillian White, Adrian Wong, Casey Foster, Margie Fine, Catherine Eusebio, Gabriela Quintanilla, Kofo Anifolage, and Els Quia Jones. For additional audio, we'd like to thank Damayan, Adikar, Right to Counsel, Worker Justice for NYC, the release Aging People in Prison campaign, and public news service. For lending his immense talent and dulcet tones, a huge thanks to William Jackson Harper. We'd also like to thank our magician of an audio technician, editor, sound mixer, Dan Crowley. The North Star Fund podcast was created by Maureen Sebastian and Risa Sarikin, and produced by Maureen Sebastian and the North Star Fund.